why you make your way back to your seat. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's give him one more hand clap of praise. We got to get moving. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's a lot going on this after, uh, afternoon. Of course, there's the, uh, the outreach meeting here uh, that Ronnie announced about. And which this right here, this outreach uh, is, uh, is just as important as our meeting here in worshiping today. Because... Too many churches for too long and too many people have kept, have kept the Lord inside the four walls. And if we're not willing to make an extra effort to reach out, to try to reach those, we're spinning our tires by being here right now. Amen. As Brother Carl used to say, whoop, whoop, it's the truth anyhow. Glory. Amen. So uh, <laughs> we have got... We have got to make the effort to reach out and touch souls. And that brings me to what I want to talk about today. And I'm going to uh, do my best to take my time uh, to, to get this out because I want to make sure everybody gets a hold of what I'm saying and give you a hint, I, I'm going to keep preaching till I feel like you got it. Hallelujah. So, the sooner I, you let me know you got it, <laughs> I ain't started yet, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to preach till I feel like you got it. Now, most, I think, Everybody in here knows the Lord and has received a born-again experience. But I think, and then everybody understands how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And every one of us has got family members and friends 
who don't know the Lord. And it's imperative, it's imperative we do everything we can to try to reach them while there's time. A lot of people don't even make the effort to even to talk to their family members about the Lord. Maybe they, uh, the, devil, the devil is smiling because he, he sits on their shoulder and makes them think, well, I don't want to come over pushy or, uh, or, or whatever, whatever it may be. But I'm hoping that this word today will ignite something in everybody's heart. Because let me tell you something, when Jesus comes back, only those that are ready are going to go. And he's not going to take your family member just because you're because of you. Everybody has, has to have their own personal experience Amen. with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's get into the Word. We want to welcome those that are watching my live stream today. And uh, we're going to read two scriptures for our opening text. One in the Old Testament and another in the New Testament. And... As I said, there, there are really two classes of people I really want to get a hold of this message. The first one is all of us who's got family members who don't know the Lord. And then this message also, it was mentioned, we've got two uh, that are soon to graduate and begin their life. Uh, and so those that are graduating and the other young people that still thinking about starting their life, please take a little time to listen to what pastor is going to say today. We're going to start off in Ecclesiastes, the first chapter, and read the first four verses. The words of the preacher, the uh, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Focus on this verse. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun. One generation passes away, and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. Now we're going to go to the New Testament, to the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36. Jesus doing the talking here and asks the question, for what Will it profit a man, and that means a woman too, if he gains the whole world? Get a hold of this, young people. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we come today, we thank you, and we praise you for this time of fellowship that we are come together.
But now that we have worshipped, we come for the word, and we ask that you will open our hearts, give us that spiritual mind that somebody's already talked about, that spiritual life that we can see and understand. In Jesus' name, as the church say, God bless you, and you can be seated. I want to speak to you on a few minutes today on a subject titled, The Ultimate Wasted Life. The Ultimate Wasted Life. Now, I don't know how you are, but I constantly think about that when I leave this world, what will I have accomplished? What, have I done anything to make a difference? You walk through the graves and the cemeteries and you see the tombstones and, and you see the people's name and you look, there are two dates. The date that they was born and the date that they died. But what I'm concerned about is that dash that's in between them. Amen. I want to feel like that I've accomplished something when I'm let gone, once I leave here. I don't want my life to be wasted. Life is a gift given by God. And what you do with your life is your gift back to Him. Amen. Will your life and how you spend it day by day bring honor to Him? <coughs> As I get into this message this morning, I want to get everyone into contemplating on the question. How do you define a wasted life? I want you to think about that. How do you define a wasted life? When someone passes from this life into eternity, how do you determine if they lived a life worthwhile or wasted? Now, I'm in no wise... Uh, talking about judging somebody or being somebody's judge, but what I want you to consider is not just a, on one particular individual, but all of us together. How do we define a wasted life? What, are we, what would we consider a wasted life would be? I want to read to you something that I looked up. And there's a, a man by the name of Rashhorn Niles, N-I-L-E-S, Niles. And this, this story here is true. <clears throat> when Rashhorn Niles walked free after spending two months behind bars, as he was walking out the jailhouse doors, 
the federal agents had already begun an investigation that would put him back behind bars for the next 20 years. He had been in and out of jail ever since he was 16 years old. Let me tell you something. There's many people in this world like that. He had been in and out of jail ever since he was 16. And now it looks like when he sees the light of day again, he will be a very old man if he does. I think we all would conclude that this man has wasted his life by the choices that he's made. We wouldn't have any problem saying, well, you know, he's not accomplished anything. He's never done anything worthwhile. He's never done nothing to benefit society. Everything he's done has always hurt society and hurt other people. But now, on Wednesday nights, I've been teaching on the parables of Jesus. And after we have thought about this one story that I told you, which is true, this man, Mr. Miles, he's behind bars right now. And he probably will be for many, many years. But that said, I want to continue with a parable. A parable that I have made up myself of a fictitious character. <coughs> For the sake of giving a name, I want to call him Fred Collins. Listen to me. Fred Collins was born on March 23, 1967. He graduated May 15th, 1985. He married a young lady by the name of Carol Wilson on June the 15th, 1987. He was a father of two children, Freddie Jr. and Melissa Sue. Now, he served a tour of duty in the U.S. Marine Corps for Desert Storm in 1990 and 91. He was decorated with the Medal of Honor for extraordinary bravery and actions in battle which saved the lives of 14 men in his unit. Later on, he donated a kidney to a dying friend in 1997. And he served his community in many unselfish ways. But, he died suddenly on September the 20th, 2009 at the age of only 42 in a car crash. Life story over. With everything I said about Mr. Fred, how does Fred measure up? Now the thing about this here is why a lot of people just don't get it about Christianity and about the Lord giving his life to save so we can go to heaven. 
This man, compared to Mr. Niles, is different night and day. And everybody would say, well, he's a, he's a good fellow. He's done many great things, many good deeds. He helped save 14 men's lives. He worked hard. He was a good provider for his family. He even donated a kidney to somebody that was dying. He was willing to step up to the plate. But what about his life? How does he measure up? What will we say about him? You see, Fred never prayed in his life. He never attended church except going to the occasional weddings. He never gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. He was a good husband, a good father, a good citizen, a good provider. And he was an overall very good moral man. But he's in a perfect example of an ultimate wasted life. How can I say that? What makes us say that? He, what this man's done. Remember Ecclesiastes 1 and 3? What profit has a man from all his labor in which he tolls under the sun? Mark 8 and 36 I read. <coughs> For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I'm here to tell you today, church, that all men and women who live and die in this life without Jesus Christ will have profited nothing in this life. That's a hard statement, but it's the truth. Hallelujah. Without Jesus, no matter what you do, no matter what you accomplish, your life will be tied up as wasted when you stand before the great white throne judgment. You, if you go to heaven, you're not going to go because how good you lived. If you make it to heaven, it ain't going to be because of your good works and your good deeds. It takes more than that. Now, for those of you that have kept up the last few months with the news, Brother Douglas told us in Bible class that he would fast from it sometimes. But if you've heard it enough, you might recollect this phrase. Because I'm fixing to tell you the facts with no fake news included. Hallelujah. The young man I told you about who was in and out of prison, never contributed to society, and the parable I told you about Fred Collins, who was a benefit to society 
and lived a good moral life will both end up in the same place. Why? How can you say that? Remember what I said about Fred? He never prayed. Never went to church except for a few weddings that he attended. He never repented of his sins and gave his life to God. And that, that is what's going to judge us all. Not what we've done good and not what we've done bad. When I stand before Jesus, I'm going to have, there's going to be some sins in my background. There are going to be some times that in my life I have told a lie. There are going to be some times, I remember one time, even after I started preaching, when I was still in high school, now my big old coming, I told you this before, amen, the devil don't tip me, amen, a lot of, he, he can't tip me with alcohol, he can't tip me with women, hallelujah. But I don't know where it come from, I like to say it come from, um, a certain persons in my family, I don't know, but I've always had to deal with a mighty hard temper. And I remember going to class one time. Amen. I was sitting in the homeroom. And I was minding my own business. This one guy came in, looked up, well, preacher boy, well, preacher boy, oh, this boy here right here is a preacher, everybody. Hell, he said, well, he said, the Bible says, turn the other cheek. About that time, he slapped me upside one face. Hallelujah. I turned it. He hit it again. But by that time, I was jumping up, and my desk was going that way. And I said, but he didn't tell me what I could do afterwards. And when I come to myself, I will straddle that guy, beating the tire out of him. Am I proud of that? No. Not proud of it at all. When I stand before God, I'm not going to stand before God a perfect person without any problems. But Brother Wayne, I'm going to stand before him with the blood of Jesus all over me. Hallelujah. And when God the Father looks at me, all he's going to see is the blood. Hallelujah. And that's alone is what's going to get me in. That's what's going to get me in. Woo. There's going to be a lot of good moral people found without God on judgment day. Hallelujah. That's why it's vital for you to witness to unsaved family members and friends. you got to be willing to risk them getting mad. I'd rather have my family get mad and know that they make it to heaven. Let me tell you something. My, my family shut me out for over 20 years when God showed me my baptism in Jesus' name and I stepped out and was baptized in the name of Jesus. I didn't have no communication with my family for 20 years. I broke a family tradition and they wouldn't have anything to do with me. But I'm going to tell you right now, hallelujah, God brought my 
It don't matter if they feel like you're pushing. Praise God, if you got to push them in heaven, start pushing. God said, well, push, pull, or drag sale. Hallelujah. That's a good name for a revival. We're going to have a push, pull, or drag revival. Glory. Hallelujah. <coughs> the ultimate waste of life. I got, I got to move on my times. I want to talk about for a few minutes a paycheck that you can't afford to cash. Think about that for a moment. A paycheck you can't afford to cash. Hallelujah. How in the world can that be? <coughs> How in the world can you have a check that you can't afford to cash? Let me tell you something. For years and years, for years and years, my credit was in the barrel. I didn't have no credit. I was one of them had to go to them places where you buy here and pay here, you know. <coughs> All of a sudden, when things change and things are doing better and you you got yourself straightened out, I don't I don't have offers people call me and loan money, they actually send checks in the mail with my name on it for fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars. So all you gotta do is sign this check and this is a legal check. I tell Darlene all the time I said I wish they wouldn't send them in the mail. I said, man, people we get our mail lost all the time. Anybody get a hold of that and they could sign my name to it and I'm I've had it. I have to Put them in a the shredder. Shred them up. Why you do that? It's a check with, with money on it. But it's a check I can't afford to cash. I can't afford no 29, 30, and 35% interest on something. You understand what I'm saying? Some people do it, but I've learned a long time ago, I don't do that no more. Hallelujah. A paycheck you can't afford to, but now I'm talking about a paycheck. Receiving a paycheck you can't afford to cash. How could something like that be? No one would think about throwing a paycheck away for wages that you've earned. Unless it's the paycheck you receive for living your life like Fred Collins without God. Romans 6 and 23. Put it up there. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a paycheck for wages you've earned. And like I said a while ago, we've all earned them because we've all sinned. Hello? But Brother Wayne, that's a paycheck we can't afford to cash right there, brother. That's Cashing that would be worse than me cashing one of them checks from some of them loan sharks. You hear what I'm saying? For the wages 
of sin is death. It's amazing how so many people in this world can live day by day never giving God a second thought. Never considering the consequences of their rejection of the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me close. There are two final paychecks coming sometime in the future for every one of us. There are two paychecks coming all towards all our way. One is the paycheck for wages earned, the things we've earned for the wages of sin. But there's another paycheck that's going to be coming, not for wages that are earned, because I hadn't earned nothing. I hadn't earned what God has promised me. I haven't earned that match that he's got waiting for me on Glory Avenue. I haven't earned that glorified body that ain't going to have no pain, sickness, suffering, or that on my mind. That paycheck, Brother Bobby, is going to be a reward check for accepting Christ, his generous love and grace. Well, hallelujah. That's a paycheck we all can afford to cast. Can somebody say amen? amen. Romans 4, 1 and 5. I'm trying to hush, hush and rush on. Come on. It's a... For what then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has got something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. <laughs> Poor Fred Collins didn't do that. He did all kind of good works, tried to help as many people as he could help. But you helping people ain't going to get you to heaven. My. Abraham believed God and it counted him for righteous. Now to him who works, the wages, there's the wages again, are not counted as great, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. It's a reward check. Woo, hallelujah. I'm looking forward to my reward. Woo, hallelujah. I haven't got no reward down here for all the years I've labored in this gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. I, man, I mean, it just ain't been there. Hallelujah. But one day, I've got a retirement plan that's out of this world. My, 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 my. <laughs> it's up to you which paycheck that one day you're going to cash. But I guarantee you, everybody in this building, everybody watching by that live stream, you're going to cash one or the other. You're going to cash one or the other. I want to, my final thing is don't be consumed by the lie. Consumed by the lie. What do I mean? Every September the 11th, our nation stops to remember those who died, over 3,000 souls. And we're steep, uh, still deeply affected by the tragic loss of that dreadful day. But the lesson of that day, many of us have forgot in a split second, a lot of people have forgotten that in a split second, your whole world can be turned upside down. What happened, we heard the testimony about a while ago. I mean, there could be some folks being at a funeral home today. Hallelujah. Many years ago, our lives forever changed as I was on the school bus 
and they radioed me, and they was afraid to tell me over the radio and said, Mr. Sam, please pull off to the road and give me a call. The dispatcher says, I got something to tell you. I pulled over the first chance I could find in a safe place, and I called the dispatcher and said, your wife was involved in a really bad car wreck. He said, she said, and it was early this morning, a little after 9 o'clock, and this was 2 in the afternoon. They had the life flighter. Before I was fixing to ask, well, do you know how she's doing? They told me, so they had the life flighter by helicopter to the trauma unit. I knew then that things weren't so rosy. In a split second, our lives changed, and we are still affected by that today. Even though God healed her, kept her from death, we still deal with that today. Your life can change in a matter of moments. You can leave this place today and get in your vehicle and head home and never make it home. Do you hear what this preacher's saying? Oh, I want somebody to get a hold of this. Amen. Don't stand before God with a wasted life. Don't allow your family and friends to have to stand before God with a wasted life. Most people, even in churches, get consumed by the deception of material profit and success in this earthly life. Don't forget Freddie. And I'm not talking about Freddie Cougar neither. <laughs> Think about it. Nobody who reads the story of his life would ever say he lived a wasted life. No one except the ones who have found true riches and fulfillment in this life. Hallelujah. Don't get caught up in Satan's lie, what it takes to make your life fulfilling and happy, young people. The world's got a lot of stuff to offer you. I'm going to tell you something. There's some things that I would never do. I would never do it. I would never even give it a second thought. I, listen, if I, if, I, if, I was, if I was single and I, and I was thinking about the future and married life, let me tell you something. There wouldn't even be that first date with somebody who don't know God. Because there's a calling on my life. There's a destiny. And everybody in this room, everybody around, you were born with a calling from God. And certain things can hinder that calling and stop that calling and change that calling. And it includes whom the one that you marry. Whom that you go with. You better start thinking about other things and Amen. Whether or not he's got a six-pack. Because believe me, the day's going to come and that six-pack will turn into a keg. I got some old pictures I could show you of me. Every time Darlene looks at him, she says, what happened to that guy? Where's he at? He don't live here no more. Hallelujah. You better think about other things rather than a career and how much money because none of those things will give you true happiness. None of those things will help you feel, have a fulfilled life. 
the final scripture, and I'm going to close. Luke chapter 12, <coughs> verses 16 through 21. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? He has been prosperous. He's like Fred in a parable I told you. Everything's gone well for him. He's got money in the bank. Amen. He buys a new Cadillac every two years. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. What did God have to say about that? But God said to him, Fool. Woo. That is strong. He didn't say it in the same words, but he tell them, you, your life has been wasted. You've been living the ultimate wasted life because this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose are those things which you have provided? My, my, my. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's the issue. Young people and everybody else, you better think about being rich by God before you think about being rich in any other way. Because that's the only thing that's going to last. That's the only thing that's going to be worthwhile. And if you've got friends, family, loved ones who's not ready, you say, well, I don't know how to talk to them. Pray. Let God know you've got the desire, and God will open up a door where you can say something in the right way at the right time that can plant a seed in their life. Don't be afraid to do it. Don't be afraid to do it because one day they might stand before God in the judgment seat and God says, your life has been wasted. My Lord, let's stand.